Hello and welcome to The Word Initiative, where our heart is to see you be empowered in God, to be enlightened to the words of God, and encouraged to go out and do what God has called you to do. I'm your host, Micah. We're going to pick up right where we left off in our series titled, Manhood, where we dive into the men of the Bible and see what sets them apart from others, where we see what made some good and some bad. Join with me as we dive into the life of Samson. Now, I'm sure many of us have heard the story of Samson a time or two before in our lifetime. It's the story of a man blessed by God with incredible strength, who was able to tear a lion to pieces and put a thousand men in their grave. Yet in all his strength, he always left his biggest weakness open to the public. But before we go any further, we have to start from the very beginning. For Samson's story doesn't start when he tears apart the lion. Ah, no. Samson's story starts when his mother is visited by an angel of the Lord during a time when the people of Israel went back and forth between serving God and disregarding him. Let's start in Judges 13. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines, who oppressed them for 40 years. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the story of Samson, One of the things that really sticks out here is that Samson was dedicated as a Nazarite from birth. Which begs the question, what is a Nazarite? A Nazarite is one who would take a vow and was set apart to the Lord for a sacred task. He or she would adhere to three specific restrictions given. They would abstain from any fermented drink, nor were they allowed to drink grape juice or eat grapes or raisins, not even the seeds or skins. They would not cut their hair for the length of the vow. Lastly, they would not go near any dead body. If they did, that would make them ceremonially unclean. For example, if anyone had taken a Nazarite vow and had a relative that had recently died during their vow, they could not go to see the body. For if they did, they would break their vow. These were the three vows given to Samson's parents before he was born, and that he was to follow for his lifetime. So now that we have the backstory of Samson, let's set up where we are in history. Samson was born in a time when the Israelites didn't have a king, What the Lord had done for them was raise up individuals who would judge Israel and show them right from wrong and lead them according to the law of Moses. Samson was one of these people. As we see him grow, we see the Lord's hand on him towards the ending of this chapter. Towards the beginning of the next chapter, we see him again at around the age of 20 to 30. And right from the start of this chapter, we see he isn't showing the necessary traits of holding a standard of manhood. In Judges 14, We read that Samson went down to a village named Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman, and he wanted her to be his wife. After he saw her, he went back down to his parents and asked them to get her to be his wife. While it was right customarily for him to bring this to his parents and ask them to do this for him, it was not custom to marry someone who did not follow the same God that they had followed. Now herein was the danger. Scripture does not say whether she was of devout character or if she was virtuous, or even if she would be a good fit for him. Yet in his eyes, 
she looked good, so he deemed that was enough to satisfy him. And so this is what it is that we see here. Lust. He saw her, and the only thing that would satisfy was having her. Now, as it says in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. This is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Matthew 6.22 also says that the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. The eye being the lamp of the body, what we see and allow in through our eye gate will penetrate our hearts. Now as men, we must continually watch and put a guard over our gaze. We can see that the Apostle Paul also admonished Timothy as well about these things. In 2 Timothy 2.22, Flee from youthful temptations that capture young people. As I just said, we have got to put a guard over our eyes. If we are to become the men God has called us to be, we must guard ourselves against the sin our flesh craves. The good news is we have practical wisdom given by God as well on how to overcome temptations. That wisdom lies in the exact words Paul gave Timothy in chapter 2. Flee. Now I know that doesn't sound strong or like it should be in the category of what it means to be a man, but think about it. We are called to be brave, to have courage, and to advance and to take ground from the kingdom of darkness. But this battle, this battle is won by using the strategy of fleeing from it. Flee from temptation. Run from it and into the arms of God. As it says in Proverbs 18.10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. So the first point we can take away from Samson's life and apply to ours is flee from lust. To catch up where we were in the story, let's fast forward. Samson and his parents are making the journey from Zorah over to Timnah, where this Philistine woman lived, to talk to her father about what agreements could be made so that Samson and the woman could be joined in marriage. Now on the way there, Samson and his parents walked through a vineyard, and inside this vineyard was a young lion. Now, the young lion is typically called the fiercest type of lion that we have. Now, this lion attacks Samson, but with the strength of the Lord, he is able to rip this lion apart. And what he did is he left its carcass in the vineyard where it had attacked him. But he had not told anyone about this. Afterward, when Samson and his father finished their arrangements for the marriage feast, Samson went back to check out the carcass, maybe as a way of reminding himself what the Lord had done for him. Yet, when he gets there, he sees that a swarm of bees had inhabited the carcass, and there was honey. And in this time period as well, honey was considered a delicacy. That was the ice cream of the era. So he scooped some out to eat it. Now this, this is where we see him starting to break and neglect what the Lord had given him to keep as a sacred oath. He broke one of his vows. What did he do? He had touched a dead thing, neglecting the commands of the Lord. Now when the Philistines would marry... They would hold a week-long marriage feast to celebrate the occasion. Samson had joined this custom, and those that were invited to the feast were none other than the Philistine woman's people. As was custom to do more than just eat and drink, it was just to have a good time. I mean, it was a celebration, come on. He wagered to 30 of the men, if they could answer his riddle, then he would give each of them clothing. But if they could not, then each of them had to produce clothing for him. To make a long story short, whether they were poor in wit, whether they were not clever whether they were just downright not intelligent. They were a barbarian-like people. 
in so much as to threaten one of their own, Samson's wife, to find out the answer for them, or to face the consequences of having her and her family burned alive in their own household. So with that threat hanging over her head, she did what any other person would have done in her position. She betrayed her husband by constantly nagging him for the answer to the riddle. After her questioning his love for her, stating that if he loved her, he would tell her the answer, he finally caves. And immediately she goes to tell her countrymen what the answer to the riddle is, and Samson knows right from the start where they had gotten the answer. He lost his bet. His ego had been hurt. So what does he do? He pays the bet off. He does what any other man would do in his situation. He goes over to the nearby town of Eshkelon. He strikes down 30 men, took their clothing, and gave it to the men he had given the riddle to. After this, he returns to his father's house in order to kindle his anger, in order to just cool down a little bit. He comes back for his wife, but what we see is that his father-in-law gave his wife to his best man, for he had thought that Samson had hated her since he left. And so again, this angered him, as it would any other man. So as a way to attack the Philistines for this injustice, he went out, he caught 300 foxes, tied them to a torch in pairs, and set them in the wheat fields of the Philistines, and set the torches on fire to burn up the wheat. Now as retaliation to that, the Philistines fulfilled their first threat to burn his wife and their family in their house. Now, because of this, this infuriates Samson. So what he does is he goes back and he finds the people responsible and tears them limb from limb. We see quite a bit of back and forth playing out in front of us when we read this. A lot of eye for an eye. After he had destroyed this group of Philistines, he went down to stay in a cave at the Rock of Etem. Then the Philistines send forth 3,000 men to go and capture him and pay him back for what he did. They capture him and think that they have him right where they want him. But the hand of the Lord moves on him, breaks the bands of bondage they had used, and with the jawbone of a donkey that he finds on the ground, he lays waste to a thousand of the Philistine troops. Now this is what I want to hone in on. With this accomplishment, we see that the Lord had given him the strength to do this thing and fulfill this attack against the Philistines. Afterwards, when he had finished this and since none were around, he wrote his own victory song. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have piled them in a heap. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have killed a thousand men. Here's where the Lord has an issue with this. He only gave praise to his own strength. He did not glorify the Lord in this, which is the next point that I want to hone in on. Humility. It is a sign of manhood, and he needed to humble himself under the hand of God. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. After this battle, when the adrenaline wore down, he found himself thirsting for water to the point of fainting. It was a natural effect of the great heat he had been in, and the great pains he had taken. His zeal consumed him, ate him up, and made him forget himself. When he had time to pause a little bit, he found himself reduced to the last extremity for want of water and ready to faint. Now, even in all his strength, his strength could not save him when he needed it most. Then it says in the Bible that God provides him with the water to refresh his spirit, and then Samson judged Israel for 20 years. So 20 years pass, and he faithfully judges Israel as God had called him to from the beginning. And then the cycle begins again, and this time, as we see, it proves more fatal. In Judges 16, 
After he had faithfully judged Israel, we see Samson go to Gaza. Whether on a trip to scout out the land of the enemies or not, we don't know. But we see that he finds himself in bed with a prostitute. Lust. Again, we see this come up and we see that the Apostle Paul's words would be blaring in Samson's ears as he was in bed. From there, he meets Delilah. And from this moment forward, we see one more aspect that has disqualified Samson in his life of manhood. Samson played with fire. Now we know in the story he didn't literally play with fire. But what my point is in the following scriptures. We see Delilah asking him where his strength lies. And time after time we see him lying to her about where it lies. Yet when we see that she experiments with what he has said, he stays with her. When she tied him up with seven bowstrings, he broke free. When she tied him up with new ropes, again, he broke free. When she weaved his hair into a loom and locked it in place, again he broke free. Time after time we are shown reason as to why Samson should leave this woman. And yet, because of his lust for her, he stays. Once she had realized she was tricked a third time, she nagged him and pleaded with him day after day, asking him to tell her where his strength lies. Until finally, he tells her the truth. Once she sees that she had gotten the real truth from him, she heads up to the Philistine leaders and then they pay her for finding out his weakness. Next, she comes back and she lays him to sleep in her lap and calls for someone to cut his hair. And lastly, brings the Philistines in to capture him. This is a story that is about as old as time goes. When he had succumbed to lust, he had broken two of his vows. When he had puffed up his ego... He would have died in the desert had he not humbled himself under God's hand. When he had played with fire, he stayed with a woman that did not love him, but only wanted him for money. And by toying with her, she found his weakness, cut his hair, and broke his last vow, thereby taking him completely out of God's protection. Let this be a lesson to all of us men. The Lord has called us to be better, to be determined, to be leaders in this present age. Let us take the lessons of the past and apply them to our lives as we move toward the goal of becoming the men God has called us to be. You may have noticed I hadn't mentioned the ending of Samson's story, but it is worthy enough to be concluded. Now, Samson was ripped from the lap of Delilah and taken into custody by the Philistines. They gouged out his eyes and made him grind grain while in prison. They thought they had beaten Samson and that God was little in their sight. But while they were celebrating this great victory they had over Samson, God had mercy on him, and his hair began to grow back. When the Philistine leaders had all gathered together to celebrate, they asked Samson to be brought out as entertainment for them. Samson had said to the young man that was leading him out to place him between the two pillars supporting the temple that they were at. And with one final cry to the Lord, saying, Lord, remember me, strengthen me once more. With one act of vengeance, let me repay the Philistines for my two eyes. In this one act... It is said that Samson killed more Philistines that day than in his whole life. He died with them, but started what the Lord had called him to do before his birth, to start bringing deliverance from the Philistines. And so we close another episode of Manhood with these three lessons in mind. May we be mindful of what has gone before us so that we can be better for the future in front of us. This is Micah with the Word Initiative.